What's going on, y'all? My name is Kati, and I want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. Listen, we want to connect with you, so drop a comment below, like, and subscribe to our channel, or you can go to our website at freelifechapel.org to find out more about what's going on in our church. But listen, until then, we have an incredible experience in store for you, so go ahead and check this out. How many of you in the room, let's just admit it, we know God's way is the right way, it's the only way, it's the truth way, it's the one that promises right. And how do you still choose other than him, just like me? You still try to, yeah, okay, yeah, see? And, and why do we keep doing that? I've been doing this for 53 years. Yeah, I started when I was one. That's exactly right. I, I've, I've, been doing, I've been jacked up a long time, right? I mean, they, we, we, we do this. And that's why we're talking about the, in, in this series. We're addressing this. We're addressing us. We're, we're dealing with this side that we still wrestle and struggle. Why do we do these things? Why am I so hooked on pushing back on God when I know he's the right way? He's the right option. He's the right choice. He's the only option. We've been dealing with that in this series. Because here's what I have learned. We are not just, if I could just go, just, I'm going to go Bible. We're not just sinners. We are sinners to the third power. Like we are so extra. Would you turn to someone and tell them we are so extra. We got this. Now that's not a brag point. That's nothing to brag about. It's just our reality. But, but like, in, 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 if I'm going to go, if, if I got into theology with you, and we're not going to go there, but if I got into biblical doctrine and theology with you, we are sinners to the third power. Because, number one, there's this thing called original sin. That's when Adam and Eve, like, blew it in the garden, and then that now sin is in the nature of who we are. And then there's a second level of sin called imputed sin. And that imputed is a legal term that basically goes to the fact that we have broken the, the, the law and the teachings and the will, the word of God. We, we've broken that in a legal manner. So now the law is against us. And then you've got the whole thing of personal sin where we just jack it up every day. I mean, like, whichever angle you want to look at it, I'm struggling, and I'm stuck, and there's three levels that are all leveraged against me and against you, but I got good gospel news today. Jesus died to get all three degrees off of your life and to release his promises, his hope, and his joy in its place. That means the shame has got to leave your life, the guilt should leave your life, the heaviness should leave your life because of everything Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, never get tired of hearing about the cross and the price Jesus paid for our sins because we would be jacked right now if it had not been for Jesus dying for us. It would be a mess. This is why we celebrate salvation and helping people take that step into the next level of their life. This is why when you walked in the lobby today, you did not see, we did not install a pool. Do not stop out there and order a pina colada. It's not happening. That's not a pool. That is a baptism out there today. And we're celebrating the fact that people have given their lives to Jesus. And the next step after I've prayed and confessed him as my Lord and my Savior is we want to follow suit. We're following in the example of Jesus that there is a baptism where we're dry, we're put under the water, we're pulled out of the water, and that is a public declaration of something that's happening here that I have died, I was buried, but I was resurrected back to life because of Jesus. That's what we do. There's two moves in baptism one is we put you under the water. That makes the second move really important. We get you out of the water. 
Like we don't hold you down to the bubble stop. You understand? Like, like I said, how much longer? Hold on, there's more there. No, we don't do that. We, like Jesus took care of that. Baptism does not get you saved. It's just a declaration of what has already happened in your life. Uh, but, 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 but it's both there. Why do we get you up quick? Because you can't live underwater. You're not made to live underwater. You see, in, in, again, in our, in our home, uh, we're watching baby videos. We're, we're getting like store. Like Cindy sends me. Uh, this girl has lost her mind. The Puerto Rican right here on the front row has lost her mind. Lita. Uh, she's already there. She, she got all the, I mean, I'm getting videos on Instagram. Sent me, oh, my God, look at this. And his baby's dancing with music. And it's, it's, it's all that kind of thing. So we, we're, we're watching videos now, and, and here's what I have learned. I was reminded all over again that when a baby is in its mother's womb, that baby is in a water world. Surrounded in water, living in water, that is its world. And it stays that way for months until it's born. And when that baby is born, it takes its first breath of air. <sighs> And the moment the baby, that, 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 that infant, takes its first breath of air, it can never go back to its original nature. It came out of the water. It can't go back in the water and breathe again. It doesn't work. That's illegal. The nature has changed. That baby, that baby coming up for years, we, we're going we're to take it. It's going to be a swimmer. It's going to the Olympics. Uh, the, 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 by the way, it's a boy. So our boy is going to the Olympics, all right? So that, that yeah, yeah, that we're, we're just. That baby, we're, we're, going to, we're going to teach him how to swim. But that means when he gets in the water, he's got to hold his breath. Because he can't breathe down there. He's got to. And as long as he can hold his breath, he can stay down. But if he's going to live, he's got to come up. He can splash in it. He can, he, can, he can look under it, but, but life only takes place above water, not below water for that child. From that point on, everything has changed. You see, when, when you got saved, when you got saved, your nature changed. You were underwater before you met Jesus. But once you met him, he brought you up and showed you life. And you breathed, you inhaled your first breath of life when you met. You see, Jesus didn't die to make you good. Jesus died to bring you back to life. He's not after making us good. It's not a behavior thing. He, he came to give us life and life more abundant. That's what his word says. And so he came to show us what true living is. Once he brings you out of a watery grave and he shows you this is living and you inhale, you can't go back again. You can't go back to that world. It's the underworld and it's a world that you can't breathe in. It doesn't fit you anymore because salvation has changed your nature. Your nature is a, you understand, you, oh, you, you might try to go back and splash around in it, but you can't enjoy the parties like you used to enjoy the parties. You used to be the life of the party. You used to throw the party. And now you can't even enjoy the parties you're trying to throw because that's not you anymore. Oh, you got it going on. And while everybody's there, you smiling, you throwing deuces, you got your little thing going on, right? All, all that going on. But as soon as everyone le leaves and the whole place is just a train wreck, you're going, man, I don't even know why I do these things. I can't do this anymore. I don't even like them anymore. I know it doesn't please God. I feel horrible about it. I got this, this, this conviction thing running through me. I'm losing sleep. I wish Sunday would hurry and get here. I want to get to church. I just need to get back where God you know you can't even enjoy it like you used to you used to cuss people out and feel so good about it now you feel bad and you have to go apologize to the people that oh, what is wrong with me
Jesus stepped in. Jesus is messing with you. He is messing with your party. You don't breathe the same way you used to. You need something else for life now. You can't go back to the way things used to be. This is what he, he came to rearrange your world. Things have changed. You see, what used to be natural for you is no longer, it, it, it's not even difficult. It's impossible. You can't do it anymore. It doesn't fit you. I, 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 let me, you, 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 you're disassociated with your past. That was then, this is now. That was 1.0, this is 2.0. Trust me, we all like 2.0 better than 1.0. I'm just telling you right now. You would not have wanted to know 1.0 Pastor Rick Mendoza. You would not have wanted to know that guy right there. You would have seen him coming and walk the other way. He'd be sitting beside him by himself up here and everyone's sitting over here guarding their purses. I'm just telling you right now, it, it would have been a... It would have been a but here's what happens. When Jesus came in, the old you died, the new you stepped in, a you that you've never met. You don't even know who you are until you meet Jesus. You don't realize the power, the ability, the joy, the giftings, the laugh that can come from so deep on the inside that is amazing that only salvation brings. You see, salvation is not about you changing your behavior. The church has got this so twisted. The church has been making rules trying to twist people into acting this way and acting this way. And all the church did was teach people how to live as hypocrites on Sunday. So I can do this for an hour and 15 minutes and then I get out back to my real world and I cuss folk out and I slit tires and I key cars. That's kind of how I roll, right? And then, and then I come back in, oh, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. I, I have a Bible. Yes, I do. It's somewhere. But, and because we, we, we learn to play a role because we thought salvation was about behavior. It's not about behavior. Oh, it will affect your behavior, but it's not about behavior. When you and I got saved, what actually happened was not a behavior modification, but when we got saved was a supernatural status change. Your heart went from guilty to innocent. You went from being in debt to being debt free. All of that sin, that those three levels, that sin to the third power that you and I were walking in, Jesus came in and raked every bit of it off the table. He said, I'm taking all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the debt, all of the mess from your past, I'm putting it on me and I'm giving you all my righteousness and peace and rest and joy and pureness. It's all on you now. That's the divine exchange, ladies and gentlemen. You can't find that anywhere in life. He takes us from hopelessness to hopeful, from dead to alive. That's why the word says in Romans 6, verses 4, 10, and 11. Check this out. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. This is, again, a picture of what's going to happen today right after this service. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we also may live new lives. When he died, when Jesus died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself. Turn to three people and tell them, consider yourself. Consider yourself. Consider yourself. This is how you need to think about yourself. Here's what he's saying. Think about yourself. When you see yourself in the mirror, say this to yourself. Consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. We've got to get this down right here. We, we have to understand what... 
when Jesus died on a cross on, on the cross, he broke the power of sin. He didn't remove the presence of sin, he broke the power of it. Jesus said this, when you invite me into your life, the same power that was in me on the cross, I'm putting that same power in you. Your old life is dying and there's a new life coming. And I'm going to help you push back against everything that has controlled your world, dictated your world, it held you hostage. I, by my authority, I'm going to help break that in your life and we're going to walk this thing out. And the same authority that's in me, I'm giving you that same authority. So here's what I need you to do, Christian, Christ follower, those who have confessed me. I need you to change your mind about yourself and stop saying I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to struggle with this. It's always going to be difficult. My father was addicted to this. My grandfather was addicted to this. I guess I am too. Stop that. He says, quit that talk. Consider yourself free, beyond, stronger, able to overcome. I need you to change your mind about yourself. But then he says this, and I need you to see yourself as alive in Jesus Christ. I need you to change your mind about who you are, and I need you to change your mind about where you're going, who you are, and where you're going change your mind if we keep thinking the same thoughts we'll keep living the same life and Jesus said I died for more than mediocrity I died to give you hope and life and power and give you the abundant life that's what he said so today's baptism what's going to happen out here as we come together and celebrate this new life it's a declaration that I'm no longer the person I was that one's dead there's a brand new person standing in front of you right now. Not because my behavior changed, but my heart changed. And because my heart changed, it's going to affect all areas of my life, including my behavior. It all comes together. So we have to understand that we're going to now start talking in authority, in victory, and winning, and overcoming. You see, when we start talking like that in church on Sundays, I'm not just trying to hype you or get you excited. I'm talking Bible. I'm talking Jesus. I'm trying to put in your head his thoughts and his plan for your life. I'm not just trying to make you feel good about a sorry situation. I need you to get your mind on top of the issues you're facing because according to my Bible, when Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of that thing that's trying to dictate to your life. It's time for you to, I, to step up, stand up, and move into it and start speaking back to it. I don't think so, homie. You came to the wrong area, homie. Not in my house, homie. Not in this generation. As for me in my house... We're turning the corner. We're changing this whole thing up. We're not going to continue the divorce. We're not going to continue the addiction. We're not going to continue the bankruptcy. We're going to be above and beyond. We are turning the course in this because of what Jesus did. He broke the power of sin. That's why I tell you salvation is now foreign to us. It's weird. It doesn't fit in your role. You, you, there was a day where you used to go off on people and you never felt bad about it. In fact, you felt pretty good. You were proud of yourself. Ooh, I gave them a what for. Y'all know what that's like. You ever had someone go off on you and you couldn't think of what to say right then, but about three minutes later you thought of something and you wanted to go back and tell them, you're like, man, they're already gone. And Man, if I could have told them. I know who I'm talking to today. It's all good. But there was a day, there was a day you and I did things that if we look at we're honest, we're completely against God's plan, God's will, and we didn't feel bad about it. In fact, we got better at it, and we helped other folks get better at it. We leaned into it. I studied it. 
I got into it. I was sensational at sinning. And then you met Jesus. You invited Jesus into your heart. And that love and that embrace and that reality of his promise and the price he paid for me and taking debt off my life and giving me a hope and a future. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is just too good. And all of a sudden, now you were in that situation and that old nature, <clears throat> you gave him a what for. And as soon as you got done, the Spirit of God went, wait a minute, hit the brake. We don't like that. And you're in the middle of just delivering. You're going, I'm not even enjoying this right now. Something's in the way. And you walk away feeling bad now for what I did. You see, you know that God's Spirit is working in you when you feel him pull the emergency brake in your life. People who are not following Christ have no emergency brake. There's nothing that tells them, stop, you're going too far. We don't do this because they're not violating anything inside. But once Jesus comes inside and now there's things you want to do, places you want to go, things you want to listen to. I was in the gym the other day and I'm I, I like to listen to all kinds of music. I love it. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden here comes this song where somebody needs permission to do something for somebody. And I'm like, oh my God. And I, I, I like turn that thing off. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's in your phone right now. You need to get rid of that thing. There's stuff that violates the spirit on the inside of me that I'm not good with. Stuff will come on TV and go, oh, man, and I liked that program too. Liked, boom, gone. It's got to go. It doesn't rest anymore because I'm not living below water any longer. I have a new nature. It's different now. Would you turn to three folk and tell them, please stop holding your breath. Tell them, just, just please stop holding your breath. Come, 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 come back up here. You see, once, once I'm saved, check this out. We're, 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 we're moving along. Just hang with me here. I want to keep pushing back on your mindset. Once we're saved, we can't just go on sinning. No. No, you can't. Well, I'm really good at it. No, no, let me help you with this. I, I, I want to explain this to you. Because your new birth in Christ, it makes continuing in sin impossible. The word says this. If sin is my friend, God is my enemy. If God is my friend, sin is my enemy. If somebody approaches me on the street and starts going off on my wife, I'm coming after him. Why? I love her gave her my heart we're in this together anything that opposes this is an enemy to me anything that opposes this is an enemy to me and my heart for him is broken and I, 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 no I can't do that I can't listen to that I can't be a part of that because it doesn't line up first John chapter 3 verse 9 check this out no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. God puts something in you that's growing. Seeds grow. There's, I know it's little, but it's, it's growing. It's getting better. Watch this. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Now let me help you with something. Tell me, I am not saying that because I feel like a hypocrite. 
because I love Jesus and I give him my heart, but I'm still sinning. Can anybody relate with what I just said right there? Please raise your hand. Of course you can. Because the Bible tells us if a man says he's not sinning, he's deceived, he's lying. We all do. So then how do we rectify this verse to say that Christians don't continue sin? The word, the, the, the word is continue. Continue is the word that we focus on because continue means to maintain a lifestyle of. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this and just keep doing me. And, 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 and when I've accepted Jesus, there's roadblocks. There's something that pushes back says, no, we don't do that anymore. And it begins to create a, a, a conflict. And I've got to begin to choose him or me, him or me, him, serve him, me, serve me. Which one? And the Bible says that we won't continue in that because there's a new authority running our life. I gave him my life. I wasn't playing. It wasn't a quick, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I meant it when I gave him my heart. You see, here's the goal. We need to set this as believers in this room. You might have never heard this before. In fact, if you don't hear anything else out of this message, this is the most important line you'll hear me tell you today. So get this down. The goal is this. We're not committed to stop sinning. We are committed to to devoting our life to serving Jesus. The focus is not to stop sinning. The focus is to serve Jesus better. Y'all follow me? Because if my focus is to stop sinning, I keep saying, do not think about a pink elephant. Do not think about a pink elephant. Do not think about a, all I'm doing is thinking about a pink elephant. That's all I do. Because I'm so, what you focus on becomes the biggest in your life. That's why some folks can't get over their past because they keep talking about it. And it stays large in their life. And they can't enjoy a present because the past is bigger than their present because they keep talking about it. They're in their third marriage and they're still talking about the first one. Something is wrong with that situation. Let it go. Let them go. Let's move on. It's a new day. And so we don't focus on behavior. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. No, no. I just want to get to know him because here's what I've learned. The more of Jesus comes in, the more of me he pushes out. The more I let him take control of my life, everything else has to take a back seat. And the focus then is relationship, not behavior. We can't focus. And the church has done this. The church has ostracized and pointed fingers for years at, at people coming into church act as if it's supposed to be an elitist club as if we've got it all together that's called a, a club of hypocrites if we want to act that way because we all sin we're all challenged in this area I'm going to come back and deal with this in a second but we, we all are challenged here but that's why I can't point a finger and, and, and condemn you and you're not supposed to be able to point a finger and condemn me because we all have our issues that we're going through but the church world has tried to pick and choose who's allowed to come in who sins differently than us we allow these sins we don't allow those sins are you serious Jesus said everybody come to me if you're weary and heavy I will give you rest there's opportunity for everybody in the house we need him so here's what we do whenever I begin to focus on knowing Jesus I stop living by my drama and I start living by his story in other words your life without Jesus is a drama <gasps> It's on Instagram. We all see it. It's, it's like everywhere. But the moment we buy into Jesus, we buy into his story. You see, here's the challenge. If all I do is see this book as a list of rules of do's and don'ts, if you do this, God's going to cook you with a lightning bolt. Ha! 
and he's going to laugh out loud when he does it. No, can I tell you, if God wanted to get you, he'd have got you. If he was after you, he'd have gotten you already. No, the truth is, when, when I'm living by my drama, I'm in left field, and this book is an enemy to everything I think is good. But when I give my life, when I surrender my life to Jesus, I stop living by my drama, and I buy into this story, and I realize the main character of the book, his name is Jesus. And I am in the story with Jesus. And so I get to walk with him. I get to know him. I get to learn from him. It's not what he's taking from me. It's what he's giving to me. And it's the plan he has for my life. This is the direction. These are the marching orders. This is how good life can be. So I'm no longer fighting this book. I'm buying into this book. And the more I learn about the book, the better my life becomes. Because my life starts mirroring his word. Does this make sense to anybody? I hope it does. You see, everyone sins. We just have different results. Everyone sins. In this room, today, you will sin. Because you're sensational. Yes, you are. Me too. So what's the difference? If we all sin, then what's the deal? Why accept Jesus if we all sin? Oh, there's a great difference. You see, when people don't know Jesus and they sin, they're in a free fall. And they're hitting every branch as they fall out of the tree. And life is beating them up the whole way down. And issues are getting worse. And one bad decision is laying into another one, and it's adding stuff to it. And the drama is unfolding, and there's nothing to catch. It is a free fall. It's painful. It, it's more destructive. It's more addictive. There's no way out because there's no way to catch yourself. There's no way to fix yourself. There's no way to turn that around. The, Un, without Christ in my life, I'm in a free fall. But if you have Christ in your life, you still sin. But it's different now. Because Jesus paid for my sin and your sin on the cross 2,000 years ago. Sins past, sins, sins present, and sins in my future. Which tells me this, when I sin, it's still sin. But now grace and mercy are catching me in the midst of the process. You gave me your life. I got you here. I know your humanity is flipping out right now and going crazy because you're still learning how to walk on these new legs. And you're just learning what it is to breathe above water. It's a new nature. But I got you, and I'm going to help redirect you. So I'm going to catch you. I'm going to let conviction hit your life. You're going to feel bad about what you did. And when conviction hits it, hits you, I want you to turn and repent. I want you to look to me and say, I'm so sorry. And let's repair this relationship not because I'm angry, but because we want to heal things. That's what you do when you hurt someone you love is you repent to heal the relationship and then we turn it back around and keep going. That's the difference between sinning without Christ and sinning with Christ. Without Christ, I'm on a free fall and there's no hope. With Christ, grace and mercy are catching me every day day of my life and I'm not going to destroy my world. He's going to pick me up and move me forward in my life. That's why the Bible says in Romans 5 where sin abounds, grace does that much more abound. I can't out sin God's grace. Do you understand? His grace is bigger than my issues. His grace is stronger than my struggle. He's there and able to carry me through as long as I'm pursuing Him. Not pursuing me. I'm coming after you God. I blew it again. It's me. That's why He said a righteous man a good man and woman, they will fall seven times, but they keep getting back up again. Grace caught you, and it redirected you. Mercy caught you, and it resets you. And that's what he does in our life as believers. Hebrews chapter 11 is a picture of all of this. It's called the hall of faith. And when you read that, you see some amazing names in, 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 in this story. 
where, where, where there's chapters laying out people who went through stuff. Like Moses is in the hall of faith, but Moses was a murderer. But he never gave up on God, and God never gave up on him, and he ends up in the hall of faith. Noah, he, he spent a year stuck on a yacht with his family and then got drunk. We probably would have as well, but I'm just saying. But, but, but God, he ended up in the hall of faith. God didn't bail on him. What about Samson? A he-man with a she-weakness. And his life, we only see the tragedy. He's known for his tragedy. But Samson's name shows up in the hall of faith as one who kept his eyes on God. I want you to know you can condemn Samson. But because he was looking to God, God's grace and mercy was catching him and moving him along in the process because he never bailed on God. What about Rahab, a high-priced call girl in, Jer in Jericho? But God caught her and turned her life around. Her name is in the hall of faith. Ladies and gentlemen, if those men and women can go through their struggles, their weaknesses, their difficulties, but keep their eyes on God, God and catch them and redirect them and rebuild them, and you and I be growing from their lives, then don't you know he can do the same in your life because his grace is greater than our mess in our life. This is good news. I'm done with this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. This verse right here is so strong. 2 Corinthians 3.18. As all of us reflect the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces, I'll explain in a minute. We are becoming more like him with ever-increasing glory. By the Lord's Spirit. This verse right here. Caleb Liz, this might be tatted on the back of this little baby. This is my grandson. We might just write across. This is a good one right here. Watch. Opposition. Here, here listen. As we look, reflect God's image. When it says the veil is taken away, I ain't playing one thing at work and another thing at church. No, I'm the same. I'm not ashamed that I'm a Christ follower. I will unveil my face. In my dating relationships, I'm not ashamed. No, boo-boo, don't do that stuff right there. I don't think so. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. For all the single ladies. All the single ladies. It's, as we reflect God's image, as we're shining it. Look, I'm not reflecting me. I'm reflecting him. What does he want me to do? How do I handle this situation? What would, what would please him? What would Jesus do? I'm reflecting him in culture, completely exposed. I'm not ashamed that I serve him. I'm not ashamed that I know the book and I'm living this book out. The Bible says this, we are becoming more like him. The word becoming is a powerful word. It means we're transforming. I'm going to be it so I can come into it. I will be it and then come into it. There is a process of becoming. There is a process from going from five feet tall to becoming six feet tall. But how do you know you can't hardly see when it happens? It happens over such a period of time that it's hard to watch. Eventually you can begin to measure, but it's hard to understand how it's moving. But we know it is. We are becoming more like Jesus on a day-by-day -day pursuit. That tells me if you were here last week, if you're a Christ follower, you were here last week and you're here this week, there's more of Jesus leading your life this week than there was last week. I love you more this week than I did last week because you're less like you and more like Jesus. Amen, amen. Our marriages should be getting stronger. Our understanding of God's word should be getting better. That's what happens week by week, stronger and stronger and stronger. But this whole verse, 
is all hinged on one word. Like this verse, none of it works without looking at one word, and it's the word most everybody in this room and you watching online would overlook. The phrase is this, as all of us reflect the glory of the Lord. The word I want you to focus on is as. As is an interesting word. It means process, practice, movement. As we reflect, then we are changed. As we do. You see, if there's no as, there's no transformation. If there's no as, there's no growth. Would you please look at someone beside you and tell them, your as needs to move. Just go ahead and tell me your as needs to move. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yes, I did. That's why your as needs to be in church. Mm-hmm. Your ass needs to be in Connect Four. Your ass needs a life group. Your ass needs to be serving. Your ass needs to get baptized. Your ass, your, yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Your ass needs to be pursuing Jesus. And as you pursue Jesus, then you're going to change. It's not if you just come and sit in church, you got to move your When we do our part, he is faithful to doing the rest. That's why this final verse, Romans chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. Just listen to this. We're done. We're done with this. I love this verse. Listen to the totality of this message is powerful. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't live, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. Would you stand to your feet, please? That's a good place to clap right there because of what Jesus did for us. You better believe it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Because I'm here to tell you right now, without Jesus, I'm jacked. Oh, I'm a mess. Yes, I am. You are too. He is our hope. He's the foundation. Holy Spirit is the convictor that's helping to steer the wheel of our life so that we're going somewhere. Where do you want to be January the 1st of 2022? Hopefully not where you are right now. I'm moving my life forward. I'm growing. I'm becoming. I'm stepping into a new thing stuff that holds my mind right now is not going to be the same thing I struggle. Oh, well, I'll always have a struggle, but I want to outgrow some struggles and step into something new because that means my life is progressing. Yeah, yeah. That means the conviction of God, when we feel bad about something, it's His love drawing us. It's not Him beating you down. He's drawing you with His love into, hey, let's repair this. Let's get back to what's right. 
He's not condemning us. He loves us. The Bible says it's with the loving kindness of God that he draws us to repentance, not guilt, shame, and condemnation. That's called religion. Jesus is not that. He wants a relationship. And today I want you to experience that. Would you bow your heads all through this room, floor, balcony? Such a great crowd today. It's so good to see you all. I'm talking to you all online right now as well. If you're here today and you, you know you need to get things right with Jesus, I need to give him my life. I mean, I need to give him my life, Pastor. I don't want to play with this. I want to step in and have him rule and reign and govern and lead my world. I really want him to move me forward. I'm going to do my part. I'll start the process, but I want him to take me to places I never dreamed. I'm tired of holding my breath. I'm ready to get above and begin to breathe deep and laugh out loud and experience the success that his word promises. I want all that. If that's you today, we're going to pray a prayer in this room. I'm praying it with you. But I want you to pray a simple prayer from your heart. And the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, then you will be saved. He'll forgive you and he'll start this brand new transformation in your life. If you're in this room and you need to pray that prayer, let's pray it together today. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Forgive me. I'm a mess without you. I'm tired of holding my breath. I want all of life. I want real life. I want your life. Change me. Forgive me. Heal me. Rework me. I give you all of me. And I take all of you. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for my friends who just prayed that prayer in this room and online that, God, you would let them feel something shift on the inside of them right now. The reality of heaven showing off in their life that today something has changed. We've gone from below to above. The nature has shifted. Today the debt is gone. Today the pain has to leave. Healing comes because the divine exchange between Jesus and us. Thank you, Jesus, for doing all of that for us. Despite us, even in our mess, you loved us and you've been pursuing us. We say yes and amen to it. Now today, God, as we stand in this room with our faith pointing towards you, believers and, and, and those who have just accepted you, God, I pray that you would just continue to work on us and encourage us as we're moving forward in our lives. Holy Spirit, continue to convict us and draw us to you that will make decisions that are honoring and pleasing in your sight, that will keep moving towards you so that we'll experience the fullness, the process, the growth, the power, the deliverance, the freedom that only, only heaven can give. Today I say yes and amen, and I pray that over my friends in the balcony, on this floor, and online, that we would feel the hug, the squeeze of heaven, and this week would be a week where we'd be the evidence of heaven working in our lives. Thank you for loving and forgiving us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that's catching us every day of our life. We honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you love him, put those hands together right now.